Good morning, and welcome to Walk and Talk. This is episode five, uh, recording here on September 7th, 6.21 a.m., and it's actually early enough that the sun is not out yet. Um, not totally pitch black, but pretty dark out. I thought the sun was rising a little bit, uh, a little bit earlier than this still, but I guess... Summer is over, and uh, we're heading into fall. Certainly, I've had some nice weather lately, so can't complain about that. Um, good news, my uh, the Walk and Talk is now available on Spotify and Apple, so you can go follow the show and listen to it there. It's a little bit hard to find because Walk and Talk, I guess, is a relatively common uh either show name or part of a show name or episode title or whatever. Um, but if you search walk and talk, longevity, crypto, Jake, some combination of those things, because um, that was sort of the title of the first episode, then it should come up and the blue dot is sort of hard to miss. And you can just follow it there and that way you'll get all the episodes and, uh, Give me permission to flood your feed a little bit. Um, so I missed missed yesterday's recording, um, but it's not a problem. I think there's there's some value to committing to a really hard schedule with no exceptions. Um, but when I've said you know week daily ish, uh, I think that makes sense for me for now. While I'm just starting this habit, um, it, there are certain things where, for example, if I have a morning call or a busy morning, it just doesn't really make sense. And, and you know, I'm like up late the night before or something like that. It probably just isn't worth it to sacrifice an hour of sleep to uh, on, on what might already be like a pretty low sleep night to get this in or to force it like later in the afternoon once the morning windows passed. The whole point for me was to um, substitute this in as a morning habit and get outside and think about things a little bit rather than just scrolling through my phone first thing in the morning. And it's been good for that. So um, we'll keep it going and try not to miss too many days uh, or adjust my expectations for myself and for you guys if I do end up being materially off from week daily. But for now, I think week, week daily-ish is a pretty good cadence for me. Um, and I think there is value to setting a cadence of some sort and sticking to it. Um, what, back when I was writing on my blog quite a bit, sort of it was like my primary thing for a while. Uh, I had the same schedule week daily. Um, without the ish, I was really pretty pretty much made sure no matter what I would post the blog um, every weekday and did that for roughly six or seven months I think um, either like no misses or maybe few enough misses to count on one hand something like that I just I can't really remember but um, pretty sure it hit almost every weekday for that period of time and the second I abandoned the cadence and said, all right, I don't want to write 
week daily anymore. I've sort of gotten a lot out over these past six, seven months and I uh, want to focus on some other things, which included the podcast at that time and also some other stuff. Um, as soon as I dropped the cadence, uh, my writing and publishing a blog went like almost to zero because then suddenly like you get to the end of a draft and the day's getting away from you and you don't feel that it's ready yet so you don't press post the forcing mechanism of the week daily cadence really gets you over that hump where it's like at some point you have to be okay with imperfect and even you have to be okay with not all that good from your perspective and just press the button and publish and there'll be another one tomorrow and an opportunity to make a better one. So, um, that was valuable. And then some days, you know, you don't feel like doing whatever the thing is. You don't feel like writing or you don't feel like working out. Um, but what I've found is if you stick to the cadence and don't really give yourself the opt out option, if you can convince yourself that it's something that you have to do, then, uh, and of course it's, in reality, it's something that you want to do, um, but you, you sort of start to treat it as something that you have to do on the days where you don't particularly want to, but you know you sort of like want to want to, um, and you end up doing it. Oftentimes, I find that on those days, um, those are some of like the best. They're not always the best, but some, t- some days those are the best because if you get a great workout in on the day where you really didn't want to or you write a great blog post on the day, where you really didn't feel like writing and you really didn't know what you wanted to write about, um, sort of the, the end product or, or the end result uh, compared with your sort of dread and expectations going in is like a really pleasant surprise. And it doesn't happen every time, but that's one of the things I liked as well of the cadence was um, because I had to write on a daily basis or week daily basis rather, um, I would write even on the days where I didn't know what the heck I was going to write about and uh, didn't particularly feel like writing. And next thing you know, you're sort of in the flow on a pretty interesting subject, or at least a subject that I thought was interesting, and end up with a, a nice post. And uh, there's something really nice about that, that that you wouldn't have gotten to experience and do and, and uh, publish a product. I do not have this forcing mechanism of a uh, regular cadence. And so I've, I've had one for the podcast as well, which I think I've done a, um, you know, I'm talking about the main podcast, Pod of Jake, which I think has been really good. Uh, I started off at twice weekly, and then as my priorities shifted a bit and got a uh, full-time job, my uh you know, my, my schedule and my expectation, my cadence has, has shifted to more of a uh, once-weekly expectation for myself. And I haven't been perfect, uh, far from it, but I always sort of come back, or at least I have thus far. And I had some doubts when I took my job if I could maintain the podcast because I've always had some trouble or sort of been uh, resistant to the idea that I could have like two significant focuses at once. Um, it's always, I like to just point all of my attention sort of to one thing and uh, pour myself into that thing. And it's hard to like step out of being sort of just like fully in something. But um, I've been pleasantly surprised with my ability to really 
time box a lot of the aspects of producing a podcast. Um, the only one that I spend sort of a, a much more variable amount of time on that can flex from like two hours to like 20 hours or even more um, of like actual time spent on the thing. But like honestly, you know, 40 hours, I, I don't even know. But over the course of a week or two, um, between listening to a person on pod, listening to a guest who's coming on the previous podcast that they've done or reading the things that they've written or, you know, just sitting at my computer with all my notes and thinking about interesting directions to go in and things to ask and uh, points to make can spend basically infinite time in, in all of that. Um, and so basically the time I spend on prep can, can really vary very widely. Um, but everything else is sort of uh, maximum efficiency from my perspective. And could I do some more things that might, you know, lead to a greater audience, like spend time creating clips or doing more sharing on social media or whatever, then yeah, probably. But um, right now I'm just focused on getting the podcast out there, having great conversations with interesting people and um, just keep it going. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't, as I think I mentioned on a, a previous one of these, I haven't really hit like the hockey stick or the exponential growth or anything like that yet, but got an audience that I'm, uh, you know, grateful for that is, you know, more than a few people for sure. And uh, I don't really know who, all of them are, which is cool. I find out once in a while that so-and-so has been listening and enjoying it. And uh, I don't know, it's just something so cool. I think I've heard, you know, like engineers will talk about this where they build something on the internet and then people are using it, um, you know, all the time and they sort of get this experience of leverage for the first time where um, they... You know, like something that they built is serving people while they're sleeping. Um, heard this actually specifically yesterday from the uh, guests that I recorded with on the podcast, which I'm really excited to share with you guys um, on the main channel. But um, where was I? Uh, oh, yeah. So the same can be true. As with, you know, building a website or something like that, um, the same can be true with media. If you write a blog post and people are reading it around the world while you're sleeping. I always found it was uh, really interesting to look at the map of people visiting the website and reading the blog. It was just so tremendously international. Um, and, you know, maybe there was like 50% U.S. or something like that. But the long tail is just crazy. There was like, I don't know, over 100 com countries uh, in which people had access to the website and presumably read, read or, or try to read, um, try to read the blog. And I just thought it was so cool. Um, the internet is just a, a crazy thing. It's the same is true for podcasts. There's probably people, well, I see the stats, people all, all around the world are tuning in. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing for me personally, even if you're not listening to learning and the people I get to meet and everything like that. And then to have some people get value out of it, uh, whether it's, you know, education or inspiration or 
entertainment or just an interesting way to spend a little bit of time. Um, really cool for me to be able to do that and just like an amazing opportunity that really is available to anyone if you just go and if you want to start a podcast, you know, I've said it a few times, but just go do it. Um, just get started and figure it out as you go. No one really no one really knows what they're doing when they start. So no matter how much time they might spend sort of trying to get more comfortable with the fact that they might be ready, you know, you'll, things will change once you start. So um, anyway, that's a little bit about the cadence of things and why I think it's valuable. And like I said, with the main podcast, I haven't done perfectly weekly by any means, but if I miss a week, I try to be sure to post the next one, get right back on. Um, when I'm traveling, maybe I'll intentionally go to a bi-weekly schedule for a little bit, but for the most part, I'm pretty good about weekly, and um, it's helped me keep going as a secondary sort of side project to my main job. Uh, I keep going with the podcast, and so really enjoyed that, and the once-weekly cadence feels right. I think for this, it's just, uh, you know, I don't have to prepare. I don't have to edit after the fact. Um, I don't have to get guests. So since there's less time that goes into it, and I can, uh, you know, not only that, but I can obviously, the whole point of the thing is that I'm walking. Um, the fact that I can get some, you know, light exercise in, get outside in the morning, makes it one of those combination activities that, um, well, all of those reasons I was saying is, is why I think it makes sense to do it on a week daily cadence if I can. Um, and then the other thing that I was just going to say about the combo activities, like I think combo activities or whatever you want to call them are super interesting. Um, and I found a bunch that have worked really well for me. And uh, one really good, like a, uh, a category of these combo activities is combining audio with, uh, uh, you know, I was going to say cardio to make it rhyme, but um, it's not really the best word. It's like basically audio with physical movement of any type, of any type. But really, most of my stuff is audio with cardio to some extent. It's if you consider walking cardio, which may or not may or may not be. But um, some of my, some of my favorite combo activities are you know, walking and talking, hence the show. And when I've said that previously. I meant, you know, mostly talking to people on the phone. Uh, anytime I take a phone call, almost without exception, just step outside, go for a walk. Um, 90% plus of the time, at least. Uh, I guess if it's like pouring rain, I, I won't. Or something really quick, maybe. Um, and uh, what else? Um, so let's stick with walking for a second. I'll also, you know... Now I'm doing this. This is a combo activity, walking and recording, basically. Um, I will do walking and listening to music, and I will do walking and listening to a podcast. And I haven't yet really done a ton of walking and listening to an audiobook, but um, you know, maybe, maybe we'll dabble with that in the future more. Um, and then there's the walking and dictating, which is most similar to this um, where it's just me talking and there's a recording and there's a transcript after. And the only big difference is that I was just doing it for myself and not um, posting it publicly after the fact. So a um, little bit different. And I would use Otter, uh, the app called Otter, 
Otter AI, I think is the website, otter.ai, to do that. Um, and found that to be a pretty good activity for brainstorming and things. And then running is similar. Um, there's different things. Like I don't really talk on the phone as much while running, although I have done it a couple of times. And it's kind of interesting because you really, like when I walk and talk to someone on the phone, I might end up walking like three to five miles and just sort of not even feeling like I was walking because I'm just like so locked into the conversation. Um, and it's really nice when the same thing happens when you're running. Of course, running time goes faster, or rather you go further per unit of time. And so I might be on the phone and run five miles fairly quickly without thinking too much about it or paying attention to where I'm at or what my time is and things like that. So it's really pleasant. Uh, the only thing is, you know, it's hard to run fast. Um, when you're on the phone, you run out of breath. Um, but it's actually, this is basically a good thing because from what I've heard, you want to run, like anecdotally, my buddy who just actually did a uh, an Ironman uh, successfully on his second try. So big ups to uh, my friend Eric who had tried it previously and finished... Um, finished the swim and the bike, both of which on their own are insane, and uh, just missed the time cutoff, and so they wouldn't let him continue with the, the marathon run to cap things off, and he went to the medical tent because he wasn't feeling great, and turned out he had that, I forget what it's called, but that, um, maybe it'll come to, come to me, but uh, hydro something, maybe, uh, it's the the thing when you are hyper or something, uh, the thing where you drink too much and, like, don't have enough salt in your system or something, and it can be, like, very dangerous and deadly, and so he was, like, basically at the limit of that or something, and had he continued with the marathon, things could have gotten pretty pretty bad. Um, but anyway, he, he went back, I think, a couple of years later, just recently, and finished the Ironman, and uh, totally crushed it. Had like a great time and everything as well. Even though I'm sure his, his only his primary goal was just to finish by any means. Um, so anyway, uh, and, and he's the guy who sort of uh, got, helped get me hooked on running as well in the first place. And uh, and he always told me, you know, you want to run at like a conversational pace. And when I started running with him, um, it was a lot of fun. We were running in Japan, um, both jobless and just exploring Japan for a little while. Lots of fun. But um, he always said run at a conversational pace, never run less than three miles, um, and just don't worry about your time. I think, I don't know if this was his original quote or something that he got from somewhere, but basically he said, um, have the ambition to go fast, but the discipline to go slow. And basically what that means is like it's easy to sort of turn on the jets in a given run and burn yourself out a little bit and makes it harder to run further. But if you go real slow, which can be boring and requires patience and things like this, you can really stretch out runs quite a bit, even if you're not in great shape yet, and see how far you can go. And then as you train and train and train, by just focusing on keeping things slow and easy, 
um, eventually you sort of start to, you know, your legs get stronger and your cardio gets a bit better and then you sort of naturally become fast uh, or faster at least by going at a pace that you feel like you're not really trying to push and, you know, you're still not trying to push like you weren't to start, but you're going faster now. Um, so I always thought that was pretty great. But uh, where was I? So, um, oh, yeah, conversational pace. So he said that was ideal, and I've since seen as well that, like, basically, and, and ideal for what? I think it was ideal for sort of just training in general and, like, improving on how far you can go and things like that. Um, but more specifically, I believe it's roughly, um, you know, it's a very, like, anecdotal measurement. Uh, it's non-specific. It's like, what pace can you comfortably conversate at um, without like totally losing your breath, having to stop talking or slow down or whatever? But I think it roughly equates to a very objective number, which is based on heart rate. Um, and you can measure your heart rate as you run through, obviously, an Apple Watch or they make these runner-specific strap across your chest type things. Uh, I never use that, but... I've used the Apple Watch and uh, was sort of pleased to learn that the natural pace that I sort of settled into after a couple of years of running um, was roughly the pace that I'm about to tell you about, which is, again, that, that same pace that I think is anecdotally called the conversational pace. It's where you can run and not be out of breath and talk and things like that. And uh, it's roughly equal to 180 uh, beats per minute minus your age. So, you know, if you're 25, that's uh, 155 beats per minute, 180 minus 25 years old. Um, and as you get older, obviously every year, you just take a point off of that. And so if you're 60, you know, the ideal rate is uh, 120 beats per minute and uh, et cetera. And I thought that was just kind of a cool calculation. I don't know how accurate it is, but it's pretty widely consensus, it seems, in the running world, and uh, very easy to keep in your head. And so I like that. And uh, I was pleased when I put on my Apple Watch for the first time, or I, I previously had one a long time ago, but went a while without one. I got a new one, most specifically just for running without my phone, being able to listen to a podcast and uh, use my running app. I've been using RunKeeper for years. I know a lot of people like Strava as well, um, but RunKeeper seems to do the trick. And, uh, you know, RunKeeper actually within the app itself showed my heart rate, uh, which was pretty cool. You know, obviously can't do that in the phone version of the app. And uh, I found that I was like, you know, in the 150s, which was, you know, right where I want to be. So, um quickly on the Runkeeper app just because there's no agenda here and I can talk about whatever I want, um, whatever I think might be at all interesting or whatever. Uh, for you runners out there, you probably already have an app and uh, enjoy it. Um, and I, I know from personal experience of thinking about switching to Strava or something, uh, it need to be really compelling because you have all your history of runs and everything on your current app, and so switching costs are fairly high. Um, but that said, if you use RunKeeper or you're interested in using RunKeeper or you can find 
similar features in your own app. Um, I'll talk briefly. I don't know how many points there are here, but think for a second about how many uh, about the features that I like and why I've really enjoyed RunKeeper over the years. So uh, one reason is just like I said, you know, pretty fundamental, just the fact that it tracks your runs over time. So you're building, you know, a history. And, uh, you know, after you go for a run, for example, it might say, you know, this was your uh, 112th fastest two to four mile run or something like that, which I always think is pretty cool. And, you know, back in the day when I was getting started, no matter how fast or slow I went, it was like my you know, 20th fastest two to four mile run or 30th fastest two to four mile run. And now that I've accrued a bunch of these over the years, it's like almost an achievement to break like top 100 at a given distance. Um, and if I run further, because I haven't done quite as many of those, um, then I'm sort of guaranteed like a top, you know, whatever spot um, on speed and have a chance to like break it on a good day. Um, a bit of wind. Not sure if that's getting picked up by the headphones. Should probably listen back to this part just to see how good these things are or how bad they are. But um, another thing I like about Runkeeper and running apps, maybe at large, if the same is true with yours, is uh, you know I never enjoyed on a treadmill how you can see your. Um, well, one thing is, you know, fundamentally, RunKeeper also makes an outdoor run measurable, uh, which without a running app, you'd have to either, like, know the distance between two places or, um, you know, you don't really know exactly how far you've run, uh, unlike on a treadmill where it tells you exactly how far you've gone. Um, well, of course, you haven't moved, but how far you've run in place or whatever. Um, and... So just the fundamental measurement of an outdoor run uh, sort of, you know, removes that advantage from the treadmill. And aside from that advantage, I don't really think there are any, uh, unless you're, like, chaining for a specific speed or something, I guess. But um, I started running, I used to run, when I first started, almost exclusively on, on a treadmill, and I would run, like, one or two miles, most often one, and just try to, like, crank speed and... Um, like every time just try to like break my record speed or log a really good time on a one mile sprint essentially and it was like torturous it was just like so unpleasant and took you know seven minutes or whatever it was seven plus um, you know so I remember like sometimes I would break seven and get in the sixes. Sometimes the slower day, I might be in the eights or something, but those were like sprints. And now I never hit those speeds when I do my, my normal running. Now I take it slow. And like the quote that I said earlier, you know, slow for me used to be like 10 minutes and 11 minutes, which I previously, based on my treadmill runs, didn't even know was like possible. I thought like there was a certain, certain speed where like, if you get slow enough, you, like, can't possibly be running anymore. Like, you must be walking or something. But sure enough, you can certainly run an 11 or even 12 or 12-plus 12 minute mile. Um, I know that from some of the longer runs that I did. Uh, when I ran a marathon, I one of the miles was, like, something insane, maybe, like, 
14 minutes plus, and I was just like, it's probably slower than what than a a pretty average walk or about the same speed. I was just putting one foot in front of the other and really struggling around like mile 20 or 21 or something like that. But ended up uh, getting some adrenaline at the end and finishing it off relatively strong. Uh, so nonetheless, you can run at like an 11 or 12 minute pace. Um, so my, my taking it slow used to be like in the 10s or 11s. Um, and now my taking it slow is like in the 8s or 9s. Um, and it doesn't take that much to go like low eights, but I do start to feel like I'm pushing it at that point. So hopefully in the long run, um, I'll still be taking it slow and I'll be in the sevens. And, uh, I don't know if I could take it slow one day or expect to take it slow one day. I mean, in the sixties, but you never know. Um, it's good to take it slow. Uh, so anyway, the other thing I like about it, the Runkeeper app is, um, you know, it measures the distance and time, takes your history, uh, and compounds that over time. It's pretty cool and shows you your stats and things. Uh, on the Apple Watch specifically, you can measure your heart rate with it, which is pretty cool and useful if you're working on getting to that quote-unquote ideal pace. Um, but the other, like, really small thing that I like about it, this is the main thing that made me want to talk about it for a second, is a specific setting. Because um, there's various settings you can do, and maybe there's some that I could improve. But the one that I love is I've turned it on so that... Um, I, don't, I forget what the default settings are, but I don't think it's this. Um, I think the default settings might be to, like, let you know every quarter mile or every half mile or something like that how far you've gone. Um, but for me, I've turned it on where I, uh, you know, the, the thing tells, oh, and you can change like what it tells you as well. Um, so I've changed it to where it tells me how far I've gone and, um, my total time that I've been running and my average time per mile at every mile. And so I start my run, it says, all right, go ahead, or whatever it says, three, two, one, whatever. Um, you'd think I would know that after doing it this many times, but I really, I, I think it might just be sound, I, like uh, no audio uh, voice, but just sound or something like that, but forget. Um, but then when I get to the end of the first mile, it'll say, uh, you know, like, uh, like total time, uh, you know, 10 minutes, um, total distance, one mile, average time, 10 minutes. Uh, and after two miles, it'll say total time, 20 minutes, you know, um, uh, total miles, two miles, uh, average time, 10 minutes. And it's really cool because it sort of like gives you that, you know, those incremental accomplishments. Makes you feel good when you hit a mile marker. But it's not so frequent. And most importantly, it's not like you're not like counting down to the next mile marker or anything like that. You don't have to pay attention. It helps not to look at your phone. Um, and it's very different than being on a treadmill where you're seeing the mile marker tick, you know, 
from you know every um, it'll go you know point zero zero one or not point zero zero one point zero one point zero two point zero three etc and you're just watching this thing tick up what feels like so slowly I used to put a towel over it to try to not allow myself to look at it um, and of course this is uh, I've always measured my runs on distance as opposed to time if you want to measure it on time I imagine it's a similar thing. You're just looking at the time. You're like, oh my gosh, this much time left or whatever. So having the automated audio notification is, uh, and on, on a relatively infrequent basis, every mile or so is, uh, a really nice way to not be counting down your runs and just sort of try to, uh, you know, be locked in and, listen to your podcast or whatever you're doing and enjoy. And that brings me back to the combo activity. So uh, I, I typically don't do, uh, you know, run and talk, run and talk on the phone or whatever. Um, but running and listening to podcasts was like, and probably still is like basically my number one combo activity. I just love it. Um, never really got into running prior to pairing it with podcasts. But the combination of the two is just like so good. Like you get locked into the podcast much more so for me than listening to music. Listening to music, I just sort of, it can be nice on a day where I'm like amped up and really motivated to run and maybe want to push on speed a little bit or something like that. Just feeling really good. But for long distance running, it just gets boring. And every song is, you know, three minutes long or so, four minutes long. And, uh, you sort of think like, oh my gosh, like this song's still going or whatever. Um, the podcast is such a long form thing that, you know, I can do a, if I wanted to, I could do like a what, 10 mile run and not even finish like a Joe Rogan podcast or a Lex Friedman podcast or one of those long, long form ones. So it's really nice. Just you press play once you've got entertainment or an interesting thing to listen to or, um, you know, education or whatever um, for the next, you know, however long you want to run. And I can listen to a podcast guest that I'm going to have on soon and prepare for that while I run. Um, so it's just like listening to podcasts, I think, is a very valuable thing to do on its own, assuming, you know, it depends on what kind of podcast you listen to, but I try to listen to ones that are going to be valuable to me. Um, you know, I could just listen to, like, a sports one or whatever, but, uh, you know, I find enough ways to uh, watch and read about sports and things. I don't need to let it get into my podcast world. Um, there's so many interesting podcasts to listen to, rather sort of... Uh, you know, spend time on, on those. And so um, it's such a valuable thing, I think, in its own right. And, of course, running as well is a very valuable activity to do, great form of exercise. And to be able to do them both at the same time is just, like, so cool. And it's, I you know, I really appreciate it. I take for granted, but it's worth appreciating, like, these things are relatively new. Um, I remember I was listening to a... Uh, a speech, I think it was in podcast form or something, like it was on the podcast app, but it was a speech at Y Combinator by, who was it? Um, 
think it was Dan Horowitz. Uh, maybe Keith Roy, some, someone like that. Um, they were speaking at Y Combinator, and I was going for a run in a park in Brooklyn, um, Prospect Park, and uh, it was a beautiful day, and I'm out there running and listening to this podcast, and like, thought it was really interesting, and uh, you know, learning a ton from it, and I, you know, it was, it was given to a live audience at Y Combinator, all the founders, and I was just thinking, how crazy is this that I'm out here, you know, years later listening to this um, talk and uh, while I'm running on a beautiful day and all of these YC founders are, you know, sitting at desks and uh, like I'd rather be me than them. And they had to apply and get in and everything like that. And it's just permissionless for me. I just open my phone, press the play button and step outside and I'm there. And it's just such an amazing thing. And, like, obviously the iPod and MP3 players before the iPhone are not that old of inventions. And I still think audio is incredibly underrated. Um, it's a relatively new, like, medium um, to some extent. And, of course, audio is extremely old. Before we had written text, we had audio communication uh, back in the old, old days, um, but recorded audio and an easy, you know, internet-based audio platform outside of YouTube, I guess, which is video, but like something, and even, you know, the, the, something that's on the go, like the, even the headphones themselves, like AirPods, I think were a major step forward, um, wireless, noise canceling, um, the headphones are so much better. And there's so many different types. I just, I have these other headphones that are, um, bone conduction headphones where they don't even go in your ears. They just go on your head. Really nice for running. Um, don't know how they work, but they work pretty well, especially for podcasts where you don't really care about like the audio quality being like a 10 out of 10 versus a 9 out of 10. It's fine. You know, who cares? It's just a voice versus like music where you might care a little bit more, but even for that, it's pretty fine for me. Um, so anyway, it's just also cool, I think, what you can do with audio these days. And one of the big things is these combo activities. Um, so whether it's running or walking or doing the dishes or doing something else, you plug in and uh, get something great in your ears while you do something good with your body. Um, it's pretty cool. And then I forget, I had a list of these things at some point, these combo activities. Um not sure what else was on there. Maybe like stretching and meditation, but you know, arguably it's like sort of just like yoga or something like that. I don't know. Um, there's some others of these, but I just think, you know, I, I'm very conscious about how I spend my time and to the extent that you can do multiple things that in their own right are a good use of time or seem like a good use of time to me and you can do them at the same time. Um, that just makes it such a, obviously valuable activity in my mind, uh, the combo activity. And so um, really like those. All right. Uh, anyway, I think that's enough for today. Um, thank you for listening if you are and have gotten this far. Um, that is this morning's recording. Uh, reach out with any questions. I'll start addressing some more of these. Um, send them to jake at blogofjake.com. 
or DM me on uh, Twitter or Farcaster at 0FJAKE. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll uh, be back tomorrow, uh, assuming nothing comes up. And uh, have a great day.